Mini episode 1186 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini-episode number 1186. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with fellow original FDH Lounge dignitary Chris Galloway and my other FDH Lounge dignitaries Anthony Patrone, Ron Glasnap, and John Adams. We are going through, this is part of our 13th anniversary celebration for the FDH Lounge. We are reviewing the 2010s and previewing the 2020s in a number of different categories here. This one we're doing here now is technology and uh, our voters in the FDH Lounge Academy of Arts and Sciences went through and submitted survey answers to us. We're going to be going through these as well as our own answers. I'll refer everyone back to uh, part one of our segment, Sports. It was 1184. If you want to hear the breakdown of this, of how this came to be, more about the panelists and uh, the background with the show, etc. But uh, for right now, technology in the 2010s and 2020s. Uh, the first answer that we get uh, comes from Tim Trammell. He says, in the 2010s, good if used to create jobs. Or for the 2020s, can be bad if people become lazy. I would agree with both of those, uh, certainly. Uh, Simon Applebaum, this is, uh, these are uh, topics that are right in his wheelhouse, uh, and he proves it here. 2010, smart TV sets and TV-connected devices accepted by majority of American households. 2020s, artificially, uh, artificial intelligence-powered voice services and 5G power up new TV services and applications. Karen Cahill, the rise of social media and the impact it has had on virtually everything from how we shop to having virtual medical appointments in the 2010s and for the 2020s, social media ditto. Uh, going through this, Tom Denk in the 2010s, green technology and in the 2020s, industrial green technology. Matt Patrone, 2010s, technology in general, all the smart stuff, houses, self-driving, cars, TVs, phones, streaming, internet, and shows. 2020s, the crime rate will go up because anything can be hacked. People have already hacked doorbell things. How long till Fate of the Furious movie scene is true? They hacked every car that could be hacked in New York. Nate Noy, uh, in the 2010s, the dominance of Google, Facebook, and Twitter, and the death of their competition like MySpace and other search engines, 2020s. The influence of the radical left canceling anyone deemed offensive movement. This will change our entire culture because people are afraid to be funny now. Tim Faust, 2020s. The progression of automation to machine learning and onto artificial intelligence has fully taken hold, and the process made over the past 10 years has been staggering. Businesses increasingly have the ability to move easily and with greater scale use machines to do the work of humans. I don't necessarily predict that robots will take over our lives as I am confident slash hopeful in mankind's ability to deploy the savings in time and resources elsewhere to open new markets. 2020s. While data breaches have become so common that they're barely a blip on the news feed anymore, to date they've been more of an annoyance than anything. Frequent need to change passwords, often even cancel credit cards, and unfortunately in some extreme cases identities have been stolen. But these pale in comparison to what my imagination tells me could happen as we increasingly depend on technology to run our lives. Everyone will live in a smart home, 
Literally every move we make will be recorded somewhere digitally. Businesses will conduct transactions using blockchain applications. That's why it's essential, but dare I say unlikely, that security will be able to keep up with all of the ways and the extent to which our livelihood can be compromised. Steve Cervillo, 2010's creation of the iPhone. I think he probably means popularization of it. Uh, and, and the way the dominance of it, because uh, it was created in 07, but if he's talking about the dominance of the iPhone, uh, I would agree with that. 2020's use of artificial intelligence in healthcare and cancer treatments. And then uh, to those of us here in the room, looking at our answers, I'll start with myself. 2020's, the dominance of the smartphone in society is the obvious story, but the ongoing survival, even at much lower levels, of new local newspapers, radio, and TV is noteworthy. They're not completely dead and won't be anytime soon. The survival of local TV affiliates in particular are the main barrier to the complete integration of TV and Internet that many, myself included, saw coming at the start of this decade, 2020's. Even as consumer electronics reach new heights in quality and affordability, the downside of tech, automation reaching beyond the blue-collar jobs that we knew were disappearing anyway into the white-collar ones previously thought to be safe, as has been happening since the mid-2010s, will snowball, leading to greater, so, far greater social instability. Uh, just on those two notes there, um, I talked about this on the show, a recent segment with Simon Applebaum and, and Stuart Elliott looking at uh, technology and entertainment. And I mentioned that, that I really thought there was going to be much greater integration of TV and the Internet in this decade, and I was wrong, and I think it's the local affiliates. I failed to take that into account. They are the foundation in a lot of ways of what's happening across this country uh, and, and what affiliates want and don't want. You look at the late-night TV wars, and the affiliates have been very uh, powerful uh, all throughout the 21st century, in making their voices heard about what they do and don't want at 11.30 or, or midnight on their networks. So I kind of missed that one previously. Uh, and, but uh, my brother and I talked about uh, when I was uh, visiting over the holidays uh, about this, and that because uh, he said to me, he said, I think maybe, you know, maybe uh, newspapers have hit a bottom or radio or whatever. And I said, yeah, and local TV too, that they've been more viable than I really you know, thought that they were going to be uh, at this point in time. I don't know that anybody looks at them and says viable with a capital V, but a lot of us might have thought at the end of the 2020s they'd be just about extinct, and they're not. So the fact that they're still providing livelihoods out there, uh, to Anthony, you among others, uh, certainly if you look at uh, local radio, I mean, it's here, it's... It's not doing great, but it's more durable than people probably thought 10 years ago. It's holding its own. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always, I feel there's always going to be a need for it. Well, I think from a human standpoint, we're very tribal, and I think you need that local community connection. And I think that's radio, that's TV. Yeah, and I that's... I mean, I think that it always will be. I hope. I mean, that's a hope for myself. You know, I would but... agree with that. I wonder, too, the extent to which, again... Like we're living longer. Is it just that the the people that are most the people that want their local newspapers the most are disproportionately extraordinarily elderly? I mean, it skews so friggin' high. I'm not gonna read my crap on a tablet, you know. As they die off, I don't know. I, I wonder about the longer lifespans, and maybe that's why yeah. some of the stuff is, is moving I mean, slower. My 72 year old dad don't even want the newspaper anymore. Really? Okay. He's got an iPhone. He goes through his iPhone every morning and checks the news. There, hmm. there, there'll always be a market for nostalgia, and I hate to say the newspaper is, but I, I was at BW uh, last year, and there were kids, college students, they were totally into the mixtapes, yeah. I mean, the audio tapes. So, 
I, I don't know. There's going to be a group that wants that tactile. I want to crack that paper open. I want to physically hold it. I want to read it. Yeah. Now, it may shrink to a point where it's not viable. I don't know. I, I think it's really about how these local medias adapt. Right. You know, whether it's radio, your local TVs, or um, in some ways newspaper, although I do question whether newspaper itself as a physical entity is going to survive. I don't think it will. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not a local media that pushes out stuff to your tablet or your phone. That's where it's going. Those same stories. They're not yeah. going to actually print an actual hard copy paper anymore. You know, it's like a payphone right. previously referenced. Right. You know, it's, there's no... We don't have them anymore. When you do actually see one, you're like, what? <laughs> um, so I think that's, you know, and as far as local TV goes, I think they see their value in, you know, what they report in terms of local happenings, whether it's the mm -hmm. news or um, local emergency events or weather events, seems to be where they get their biggest... Uh, you know their biggest uh, set of eyeballs mm -hmm. um, is is in those moments. Otherwise, you know that I think that's their niche. Um, I don't, you know, and unless some way they can adapt to maybe merge with those digital platforms that that the newspapers become right um, to provide that sort of regional, uh, tribal, to your point. Um, uh, Media, I think that's I think that's their path. Um, you know, I, anything else, it's it's hard to envision. Well, and it's so funny too when you mention about you know the, the, on the local level uh, w w what news is able to do because my brother and I growing up this used to be a running gag. It used to be like the ability of local TV news stations to take and trivialize anything by the local angle, like. Chernobyl tonight. The local angle on this. A local man is you know like you you could take anything and like try and pander to people in your market. Right. Well, and they do the same thing. You know, like you know, it's like uh, you know, is your underwear killing you? <laughs> Tune in at eleven to find out. You know, it's like well, what, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> three times a year. during sweeps. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, Ron. I was gonna say it, in November, February, and May are when that is. Running the most rampant, yeah, because sweeps determines all of that. That's when you see the show, uh, the uh, special reports about the local strip club. Right. And Tune in things. tonight to yes. find out which suburb has the highest cancer rates. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what's funny, though, because those don't run on a calendar basis, right? It, it'll, it'll sometimes start either just before or just the end of the month. So if it's like the last Monday in April and you're seeing one of these things, then it's like, oh, tonight's the start of sweeps. Okay. How many Ohio cities have shown up in the worst city to live in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your guide to that. More at six. Yeah. You know, the news you can use. Oh, I mean, it's more like what we can use to scare the living hell out of you. Oh, yeah. You tune in. Well, and, and my dad gives me crap for bitching about this, but, like, the overweening weather maps on the screen, that's just to scare the crap out of old people. I have to be inconvenienced watching my ball game over a weather map that's on 90% of the screen because you want to pander to old people who think we're all going to die. You know, that to me is just... Oh, paranoia is at any age, Rick. Don't yeah, worry about well that. True. That's, that's, yes. that's not true. I have demonstrated that throughout that's my what, life as well. That's what the local news can also bring. If you're in Florida, you see on an hour-long news, you will see the weather five times right. because that's what... The general population of Florida, yep. being elderly yep. or older, is yep. interested in is what's the when's it going to rain? Yep. What's going on? When in fact you have 
eight straight days of somewhere between 75 and 82 degrees mm -hmm. with a chance of rain at 4 o'clock in the afternoon for 15 minutes. And, yeah. It, it's, you know, they're there for the hurricane, mm -hmm. and uh, make sure you're here. But what, what your local news is really here for, mm -hmm. you can go out and buy your toaster mm -hmm. and your sweaters and your, uh, you know, whatever, your television off of Amazon. Right. Tell me the last time you bought a car. True. Yeah. And car okay. dealerships are very important to local car dealerships. I know you know that. And and some of the other that are local advertisers, Yep. you don't go buy your car from a national person. You go right. buy your car from the dealer that you like or the the make of the car that you want or whether it's whatever. American or whatever else. Right. And there's you know, even companies trying to burst into that. Right. There's Car Carvana. Carvana with yes. their car vending, with the vending machines. machines. Yeah. Right. But they I think they're gonna have a tougher time because selling a car is a personal thing, and you don't want to buy a car off Amazon yeah. and just have it show up. I, sure. I mean, actually, I, did, I I had zero allegiance to a car dealer. I buy the I do all the research, and I buy the car I want, and the salesman is irrelevant to me. Usually by the time I've done my homework, I know more about the car than he does. But you're buying it at a local I car dealer. I have to. Ohio law requires me to have it. Right. They only, that's why the Ohio went after Tesla, because they tried to sell cars to you directly. Yeah. And they were like, no, Ohio law requires you to go through a dealer. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, and I'm, I'm not going to defend that part of it, but my thing is, I've had a pretty good experience the last couple times out with the last couple of stangs here, so I have a, a salesman that I'm likely to go back to on that. Do you see the validity, at least in that part of the thing, that if you've had a good experience with somebody who steers you straight, is pretty honest? I mean, do you see that side of the coin? I mean, I don't know who, I don't know who has that feeling about a car salesman. Well, it's rare, but when you find it, that's where you grab it. I've never found it, it, so maybe that's how rare okay. it is and how I don't I don't view it as valid. Okay. Well, uh, fair I mean, they switch all the time. They ship, they switch dealerships. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I could care less about who sold me my car. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I, I would fall in with Chris with that. I've kind of had, when, when I'm to the point where I'm going into the dealership and I'm ready to purchase, I've done all my financing research. Sure. I've done research. I... I looked at reviews i know what kind i the last two cars i bought i've gone in and said would you like to sell me a car and of course they're like well yeah and then we sit down for a few minutes and and figure it out but anybody that doesn't do that is, is a mark by the way but uh you know yeah hopefully everybody is <laughs> well hopefully everybody's doing it i mean i i i I, ha I hate to think at this day and age that somebody isn't there are a uh, lot of people who don't do their homework i i know uh, my time as a local elected official there are people that would buy a house in my community thinking mm -hmm. they bought a house in the next community over. Really? That's how stupid wow. they are. What do you mean I don't live in Mentor? You do have those. No, people. no, you don't. Oh. I was going to well, say, if people, I, are if, you sure? Yep, no, you don't live in Mentor. If people can't tell the difference between there and Painesville, then there's no help in them. That's well, all I got to say. Or, or, I've been to or in this case, they <laughs> bought a house in Concord. Yeah. They thought they were in Mentor. They don't understand that they're not in the city of Mentor. Like, remind me of the geography. You're not even. Are you even contiguous at any point? Oh yeah. We. Oh god. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Half, oh. half the township is in their school district. Half oh. the township is their zip code. I was thinking the it was point further is west. When you're okay. doing research on a major purchase, you think you do the real research. And you'd know what actual political subdivision you're going to be located in. Yeah, I, I can't there even... There are people that don't. I can't even imagine that. And uh, So you talk about a car? Oh, yeah. yeah there's people that just go, well, let's get a car, and they wander up and down the Bedford Auto Mile for yeah. an hour. 
Well, yeah, there or, is some of that. Or eight and hours. Mm. To to err is human, uh, though, and and I note I say in noting that that there uh, there is one of the ones answers that I had forgotten to read off before. But before we get to that, uh, in as much as this is when we do a bunch of these in a day, it's an open house format. Folks may come and folks may go. I know that the sands through the hourglass are ticking down for one Anthony Patron here. So, yeah. on your an answers, Anthony, 2010s, 4D printing, it will save many more lives than we will ever know. 2020s, we will see a car drive itself in the 2020s. It will not need a human to do anything. And that is in the advanced, at least experimental I mean, stages as there. we speak. Yeah, it's getting it is. there. It's getting to the self-assist, although I'm not sure how much I trust it. And, Sitting with my dad watching TV, and they see the the self assist, and my dad's like, "It'll hit something." But uh, when you get to 4D printing, man, that you've seen, mm -hmm. they can make body parts with that, um, and they're getting into the stages. Somebody told me they're in the stages now where they can make a heart. I can believe it. Yeah, and know, uh, and that's, and I gotta say, and we got another thing coming up here uh, in the lounge, and you guys will be getting ballots for this. The, this is a thing we do every every four years here, the February 29th time capsule where we try to figure out what's going to happen between February 29th. And one of the great moments in the history of the show, you go back to the one from 2012. Myself and Nate Noy, fellow original FDH Lounge dignitaries, listening in real time as Chris is talking about 3D printing. It was the first we'd ever heard of it. I don't know that I'd heard it talked about anywhere. And our resident futurist was breaking it down for us. And here's what's involved. So 3D printing has been a big story of the last decade that people don't even really mention here but has, has probably been far too overlooked. Because uh, I remember like how blown Nate's and my minds were on hearing this. Right. And we are both, uh, if I may say, well-read individuals. So for us not to have heard of it, <laughs> I love the expression on Chris's face. <laughs> so for us not to have heard of it is no mean feat. But uh, yeah, those are, those are excellent uh, points on your uh, part, Anthony. And uh, any, uh, any other thoughts on your, your part for uh, technology here before you have to bust up? No. Really. Okay. Well, appreciate your uh, participation throughout here, my man. Well, and Excellent. of course, we already have self-driving cars. A little bit, um, yeah. Well, not just a little bit. You can buy the high-end uh, Tesla S model mm -hmm. with a with a $10,000 software add-on mm -hmm. that has a, um, a, I guess for the lack of how I would look at it, like a valet option. Okay. Um, so if you're at, um, I, what would you, you know, if you're at the mall or you're mm -hmm. like a, let's say you're like in Easton, we've all been down in Columbus. Yeah, Houston. yeah, yeah. So you've put your car in the parking garage and you're on the other side of Easton because you've wandered your way all through this whole thing. You can you can go into your phone your Tesla phone app, click it, tell it, and it'll leave the parking spot, drive all the way through the development, and come get you. Mm -hmm. Wow! It'll come pick you up. You don't need to go to your car. So you're standing there on a street corner. It'll it'll know where you are, and it'll it'll come to you. So that's that's a car that's now driving itself. It's totally autonomous, and um, it exists now. Uh, and that's only going to accelerate now. I don't know if the next decade, but, mm -hmm. you know, again, we talk about the 2030s and those predictions that we may be doing down the road. There will be a point where you will get a license, and it won't be, you'll need your license to be the unique people to be allowed to drive. Right. Otherwise, it'll all be autonomous. Mm -hmm. Traffic control, everything will be done auto with automation. And if you want to get out your 79 SS Chevelle, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to get a license to show that, hey, by the way, I, I can drive within this construct of the new 
uh, you know, that's going to where you're going to need the license. Well, I can see that coming too, where yeah. the days of you get your license once at 16 and you don't have to update it, those days are going to come to an end too, because there sure. will be something where you're going to have to uh, update your license and pass, continue to pass. Tests. Oh, the, the, the state never takes its fangs out of something that it's in. For well, example, the turnpike was supposed to be done when it was done financing it. And like the, the government will always find a way to stay involved in Well, things. my guess is what happens is around major urban areas, mm -hmm. you're going to see the autonomous be required. Mm -hmm. Now, you'll be able to drive yourself when you're out in Vinton County or mm -hmm. southeastern Ohio, driving around, doing whatever, rural Indiana. Or old buddy Scott Poland will be able in, to drive you get into the You get into the Chicago land zone, you'll have to switch your car from, from you to to over to systemic control. Fine with me. That's I've been in Chicago. <laughs> that's where this will eventually go, is that you won't be able to drive in dense urban areas. The system will take over. Um, but I, you know, it's... Everything that's been mentioned, you know, um, about technology from the tens is all correct in terms of... Everybody's yep. made a lot of great points. Um, I know in the 2020s, looking at this next decade... I don't really, and I know this, you know, this is probably, again, disappointing now for the just recently appointed futurist of the program, <laughs> but I don't, I don't envision some grand new technology none of us have ever heard of or, you know, or a thing of, a thing of that nature. I think the 2020s are going to really be about the sharpening of the pencil and the, um, the real evolution of things that exist now, the hyper evolution of them. So whether it's nanotechnology that we'll be injecting into our bodies to go in and clean up, mm -hmm. uh, you know, go in and clean out the uh, clogged arteries that that, um, the, that probably everyone at this table has, um, you know, whether it's um, going in and cleaning out a cancer, um, then to things like gene editing. They can already do some gene editing with uh, technologies like CRISPR, and that's going to continue to advance mm -hmm. to the point where, they're going to get rid of, in the next decade, figure out through gene editing how to get rid of just wholesale amounts of uh, different diseases, ailments, um, you know, those types of things that people are born with by going in and saying, okay, we're flicking this switch on, this one off, we're editing this, we're injecting that, and boom, this, this human is no longer going to suffer from these 14 ailments. Um, that's that's coming. Those 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 are two examples of the sharpening existing mm -hmm. things now that are just going to accelerate. And you know, and you could throw AI in with that. Mm -hmm. We're not to they keep talking AI. We're not to AI yet. You know, one of the things that keeps calling AI is not AI yet. Right. They're just supercomputers. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we're a ways off from AI, true AI. Um, but we we're getting there. And again, you're going to see the, the the hyper evolution of that, the acceleration of those things in our daily lives through technology. Do you, do you think that uh, allowing, like, let's say we've got a pill to eliminate diabetes, let's just say whatever, or an adjustment to make, and I would relate it to like, well, there's Narcan out there, so there's people that are a little more mm, haphazard about. Uh, indulging knowing that I've got that uh, Narcan backup so knowing there's going to be some type of an adjustment that can be made in a backup are we going to see a shift in a little like well I could eat that anyway because 
you know, they can just, you know, give me the give me the pill and they'll clean my arteries. That is I'm a better tomorrow. I, 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 I'm, just, I think, I'm just wondering. Is I think that there's shift? some of that that could be the case. I think certainly with a type one diabetes, mm-hmm. which is a which is more of a genetic disorder, mm-hmm. um, that won't be the case. Now, type two, because we just love carbs and sugar. Um, I don't know that a pill, at least in the next decade, is going to fix something like that. Right. But to your point, it's does certain guaranteed fixes. Um, whether it's through nano robots or whatever you want to, you know, use, um, does it? Does it? I think human nature is yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. people are going to be like, well, if these nanobots are going to go in and clean out my cancer, I'll just have a cigarette because they'll yeah. go in and get my lung cancer taken care of. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a real possibility of that, uh, but again, that's all back to cost and everything else. It, it, so, I think you know. Again, I think the decade is about the advancements of things that we've already got the ball rolling on. Um, robots, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, not this decade, but the following decade, luckily for us, when the time comes for us to be ready to head to nursing homes, you know, we won't. Because instead, what we're going to end up with is a sentient robot that will be in our house with us. So, my, you know, my daughter won't have to put me in a nursing home at 80 I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a humanoid robot, which you already see in different industries, different elements these are already developing, whether it's the AI computer ability, um, the the actual like Boston Dynamics, like actually building robots that do stuff. Um, oddly enough, you see advancements in terms of the lifelike nature of them through the sex industry, you know, creating these, oh, yeah. these dolls. Yeah, yeah. So these things are all gonna come together at some point where robots are going to be this thing that, you know, for example, for old people, you know, they're there with you um, if you're having a medical emergency. They talk to you and keep you company. They do the dishes. They help pr- mm-hmm. make sure your meds are, you're having them on time. They're going to be there with you, and and that's not this next decade, but that's coming fast. And, and it'll also devolve into things like fire departments, um, you know, 70% of a fire department will be will, will be robots. And you say, well, how does that work? Well, they send the robots into the fire, into the mm-hmm. building, to look for humans. They use the robots to lug the hose at the scene. There's a couple of humans now as part of a crew that oversee what's happening at a fire scene or an emergency scene. But now you're going to have a series of robots that have the ability to go into a building, hoist a person up, get them out of the building. Um, these things are all accelerating and happening fast. And I think the 2020s are going to be a whirlwind of watching more and more of this stuff, uh, you know, kind of sort of uh, come come closer and closer to being uh, full service, if you will. Whether it's the driving cars, robots, nanotechnologies. I would agree with that. As far as the future being linear, though, I think for a lot of people of our generation, myself included, uh, expectations have been poisoned by... And you might laugh when I say this, but what do we grow up on? The Jetsons. I want my jetpack. Why do I not have my jetpack yet? Like, I want some of the things I saw. You well, haven't earned it. They well, have to create that for you. <laughs> this is uh, the way. I don't, yeah, I don't have ESPN Plus, bro, so that's over my or Disney Plus, so that's over my head. I don't know anything about it. But you the, do have your self-operating uh, equipment. You do have your, uh, you can push a button and talk to anybody in the world. You, true. I mean, you know, we, we laugh at things that happened on Star Trek and whatever else, and you're like, 
that stuff's never going to happen. I want yeah. that's yeah. what I want. I want the Doctor McCoy yeah. shot. I'm uh, yeah, I'm feeling kind of down. Mm -hmm. Let me let you fix this yeah. for your atmospheric oh, conditions. you have cancer. Fine. Oh my God! Well, here's a pill. Yeah. Um, you Where's know, all that? The the people who watch those things or watch other entertainment, especially futuristic and stuff, get inspired to go. How do I make that real? You know, well, I I don't see a transporter coming anytime soon where you're mm -hmm. ripped apart by molecules and put back together. That's the, probably not going to happen. Not but in you, our lifetime. No. But you get the idea is you could see something that says, how can I take this thing, scan it up and down you, and find out what your vitals are and what's wrong with you? Well, what's your smartwatch? Yeah. Your what's, smartwatch is, is telling you what your temperature is and your yep. heart rate and your whatever. You're already learning these kind of things. It's just takes time and sometimes our I called it in one of our things that we talked about our microwave society mm -hmm. that wants everything and wants it right now yeah and by the way I want it I want it now and there can't be any bugs right you can't have any problems with it otherwise I'm gonna sue you right hey um, Ron just referenced you know Star Trek we already have so many of those elements from Star Trek every time Picard would look up or even um, you know Captain Kirk and say you know computer you know give me Girl. an answer that's my Alexa at home yep yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alexa turned you know, he TV. was just talking to the yeah. air. Computer, you know, what's the... Oh, here you go, you know. So, or, hey, Google, where do I find, uh, you know, how to mix this drink using these ingredients or what, whatever it is? You can ask Google pretty much anything. By the way, uh, not to be too self-serving, but my understanding in terms of our syndication is both with Alexa and Google Assistant that you could you could listen to this very mini episode. Uh, bring up uh, FDH Lounge mini episode 1186. You should be able to do it. So I'm, I'm going to try when I get home. There, there, there's a test for all y'all at home. I understand that's how it works with our <laughs> latest syndication programs here. The answer that I referenced before that I shamefully skipped over from my own brother, Mike Morris, he did a very good job on these in the 2010s for technology, Amazon, they invented the public cloud. Thank you, Amazon, and Amazon's expanding dominance. They started in books, the retail, the cloud business is bigger than many standalone businesses. Alexa is listening to us at home. Ring is watching uh, when, who comes to our door. The Prime Delivery Service delivered over half of all Amazon orders for Christmas and caused FedEx stock to tank. Prime Video is creeping into Netflix territory and already covers some real-time sports like English Premier League soccer. Well, he would know. He loves watching that stuff. Uh, 2020's facial recognition cameras are now everywhere. Facial recognition technology is already quite powerful. We've only seen the beginning. Businesses don't even know how to market it yet, but they'll figure it out. Some of this ties into your answers, Ron. Uh, 2010's the expansion of the Wi-Fi signals to every city block has given everyone with a phone or tablet the ability to broadcast, shop, and be reached by anyone within seconds. When's the last day you didn't use a Wi-Fi signal? 2020s in our microwave society that wants, needs, and desires everything immediately. The expansion of artificial intelligence to make our lives easier will be a driving force of every uh, advance. So, and he's correct. Yeah. Artificial intelligence may just be supercomputers. Mm -hmm. Most of the artificial intelligence is not thinking on its own. It's what other people are programming it to do mm -hmm. and the options thereof. Uh, I believe this morning I asked Alexa to, give, to have uh, Sam Jackson tell me what the weather is. And I had Nick Fury telling me that it's cloudy in 36 Wow! if I wanted to. Well, he had to sit there and record all that stuff, and, and there has to be some kind of technology to figure out what's the weather in, you know, Ohio versus what's the weather in Florida versus wherever you might buy this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it is more of a supercomputer, I would say, than an artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. We don't have robots creating other robots yet. Right. Uh, you know, with their, with their own making decisions. But, you know, the more options that anybody has... 
it's the, the idea is to make their life easier. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see if it does or not. But and I think there's a lot of interesting things because this entire day has revolved around technology, regardless mm-hmm. of what topic. Yep. We have been talking about, and your brother. Your brother leads into something really important as we get into some of the world news and some of these other things that are coming down the road. We'll call it governmental and, you know, sort of uh, silos. Um, talking about facial recognition, a lot of great uh, business potential applications there, but also a lot of horrific totalitarian, well. yeah. totalitarian applications mm-hmm. that the Chinese are already doing. Yeah. If you want certain things in China now, you've got to give them your face. Right. You know, you don't get to you don't get certain rights, certain dollars or social currency. Social yeah. currency. So there, you know, it's already being exploited by totalitarians in terms of population control. These are real concerns. I mean, these are these technologies that are going to come along and we're going to wrestle with on how you adapt them and then look at how you curb what they mean in terms of our our freedoms and whatnot, um, you know. I think you know things like that, and then you look at technologies into the you know into the next decade, and we talk about things that are coming up and what's going to affect the world. I mean, I think a lot of people are really focused on climate change mm-hmm. and what's happening in the world. Um, you know, an example is, and this is where politics you know now starts to permeate. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing this as a this is your transition here. Mm-hmm. Um, we call this a segue. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Business. This is a big this segue. This is a segue. So, um, you know, there have been development of nuclear reactors. There are designs out there that mm-hmm. the federal government hasn't approved that are much smaller, more efficient, and infinitely safer than the, one, the nuclear plants that we have now. Mm-hmm. The question is, you know, if you want to curb things like greenhouse gases and all the rest of that, these are the technologies you're going to need to adapt. But does government do it? You know, having these smaller, efficient nuclear power plants, one in every city, that's, you know, takes up the size, I mean, of this house, Mm -hmm. be a nuclear power plant, um, you know, that is a technology that's already existed, but they've improved, that could be an altering thing in terms of our entire existence. But do we do we adopt it? Do what gets in the way of that? Does government get in the way of that? Well, it's interesting that you asked that question because the last answer we hadn't gotten to at the table here. There's an aspect in the 2020s here as far as what government will and won't allow. Johnny Adams here, 2010s the story being the social media boom. 2020s death of schools with smartphones and privatization, but also designing your own baby. And that is one where uh, me thinks Uncle Sam will want to uh, weigh in on that a little. Gene bit. editing. Well, that's what I, I, and I, and I wrote that down when you mentioned it, Chris, uh, uh, absolutely gene editing and, 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 you know, then of course there's the whole moral side of it, but be very interesting. Um, well, it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'd like to see, uh, in terms of, uh, some of the, um, technology, I'd like to move forward with some of the green technology and the clean energy sources. Uh, so to see that, and that was news to me in regards to the, small-scale nuclear power plants being so efficient. That would be something that would uh, I'd like to investigate more of. But, um, you know, as an educator, I'm always thinking about uh, long-term and how technology is affecting schools. And years ago, you were told, well, there's not going to be something you can just ask any question to. And now we have that called a smartphone. So it's very interesting because 
we're seeing we're seeing students uh, come out of of public education, uh, go into charter schools, be homeschooled, go to these technology services because at the end of the day, they can get any answer from a smartphone. So what is that going to look like going forward with education? Boy, I'm not sure. Uh, the good news is I'll probably be retiring before some of this kind of comes in, but it, it'll be interesting. Don't you think that it's it, it has to change? I mean, in the sense that I mean, we have a, like, for example, the university system is the one I always like to use. Mm -hmm. We have a university system um, that's based on the fact, which is based on a, a medieval construct of, well, you went to this place where the learned men had the books, because nobody else did, right. that knew how to read, and they, these monks or whomever would teach you how to read, write, they would teach you the classics. You know, because that was the only place you were going to get it. You had to go to this place. That's what a university was. Yep. And that's what we That's what we created. Now, I don't need to go to a university to learn how to code, how to design Correct. a computer game. Correct. I don't need to go to, honestly, if a kid today, like if I was coming up, like, I know, I mean, I graduated college in 1994. I, went, I enjoyed my four years at Ohio University how very much. Not? I double majored in history and political science. I, that has absolutely been of zero value to me in my life. Outside of the social and learning to be an adult and whatever, I could read history books and read papers on my own. I don't need to go to this place of learned men to, oh, I to think, learn how well, to do I, this. I, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I think you're going to see an evolution where like, people are going to discover what are my skills and how can I uh, take those skills to the next level. And is it coding? Is it... I, I, there's going to be people moving back to the trades or starting a business, whatever that's going to look like. And, you know, there's this whole discussion we get into about the cost of college. And people are like, well, we need better loans. No, no, some of these, you need to, like, lower your operating costs. So, so it, you know, because I think I have a friend sending his kid to Bowling Green now. It's $25,000 a year. Mm -hmm. It's $100,000 education. Yeah. Uh, what are you getting for that? I mean, that's what you need to look at as an investment. $75,000 in well, loans. Could be. Out. As somebody yeah. whose kid goes to the Cleveland Institute of Art at $52,000 oh, well. a year, I, I know. I don't know. Yeah, I, know. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I think that was well. a chunk. I would, <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I would have guessed that. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Well, it, it, as far as yeah. yours goes, you know, and maybe, maybe it, uh, again, I've never been uh, somebody who has been noted for his appropriateness, so perhaps it's not appropriate uh, here, as my dad is uh, kind enough to loan me a use of the family estate for the day to record and to bust his balls, but I'm going to. On the subject of your degrees, Chris, uh, knowing that there was a you know, history of poli-sci, uh, when you took your most recent gig, he was sort of a little killjoy about it, like, well, how do those things prepare? And I had to explain it to him, like, Dad, he's managing an agency, it's whatever. <laughs> I like, no, it's not. He's not literally using his poli sci and his history on that. But it's, you know, had it not been for the other things you did in the intervening years since, you know. Well, I mean, go, I I believe I do believe, and I say that I was being, of course, you know, a bit, you know, uh, facetious. But I mean, at the same time, I do believe in a liberal arts education in terms mm -hmm. of. I, I think everyone should learn critical thinking skills. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's what I got out of my education. It already started, you know, even in high school, sure. going to a private, you know, prep school. Right. Um, I, I that was where I think the value was for me, and I think more people need to learn those skills. Right. Um, but in terms of jobs and people employment, those types of things, I think that we're going to start to see it, it, the higher education um, come apart first. We have a lot of universities in this country that probably don't need to exist in the future because of 
some folks going back to yeah. trade schools, yep. some people self-learning. Um, I think you're going to see even maybe even a lot of companies saying, just come on board, we're going to put you through our own programs. How soon till a company finds a draft prospect when they're 16 and says, we will pay for you to go to school, but you have to come and work for us. So in effect, they become draft picks mm -hmm. yep. and take care of all those horrible costs. You know, I figured it out once. I spent four years in Oxford for $35,000. Mm -hmm. And my niece and nephew who are currently in college will be three times, if not four times that, Yeah, in 30 years difference. That's ridiculous. Costs we explode. Yeah. I mean, that's... And they can bad. learn all of these things, whether it's lynda.com or Google or some other thing, they can learn a ton of this stuff just watching stuff on the internet. Now, hopefully the people who supply it on the internet are correct. Yeah. And they're not... That's the, that's the bad part of that technology. Not always is everyone qualified to go out and do the things that they're doing. You don't know if... Uh, you've brought it up of somebody doing a makeup uh, video on the YouTube that your kids are watching. What qualified them to do that? Did yeah. they go to school or did they just start making stuff up? Right. You yeah. don't know the answer to that And are they self-taught? Yeah. You know, we've all been, you know, in the same time, we've all been on YouTube. I was replacing something on my car. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go look. And I found a dozen videos. And mm -hmm. I filtered through and I thought, okay, this one shows me what I need. The guy sounds like he's got a number of other videos. You can do some reviews. Look at reviews. But you still but yeah. have to make a judgment. You don't True. know that he's qualified to tell Correct. you how to take apart your engine because what if something well, goes wrong? True. You know. Well, as opposed to a professor at the university, you know, stalling to me through a two consecutive semesters, the virtues of socialism. Yeah. Yeah. You know. eh, Unfortunately, you, know. <laughs> you can find out on our It doesn't matter campus. where you are, yeah. you get crackpots, right? That's true. Um, That's true. And you have to learn pretty quick what to ignore and, and what not to. Um but yeah, I mean, to your point is is that, I mean that is a that is one of those things that's going to have to be people are going to have to get sharper and sharper about determining, um, you know what's you know we didn't even touch on this in mm -hmm. terms of the technology, but the impact that it could have on government in the future is the deep fakes. Yes, the yes. deep fake technology on these videos that show Rick Morris saying X, Y, and Z, and Rick Morris is like, I wasn't there and I never said that. No, no, that's you. I see clearly that that's you. Well, when we start applying that to what's going to happen in, world, or not. in yeah. geopolitical situations, that's very scary. Yeah. Uh, I think Pixar could make a Rick and make him say stuff. Uh, yes. You know, the, the, mind, the mind fairly it's reels. It's right now. Yeah. The mind fairly reels at what could be We're said. We're all just grateful there mouth. isn't a camera here. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, as, as we got American news coming up in the last, uh, in the next segment, I should say, to, to bring this full circle for this segment, I will say this on some of the last points made about education here. We didn't talk about this as well, but I'll mention this. Uh, Mark Cuban's been saying for years, for-profit education, that that's going to be the way to go. And so I think the market will somewhat kind of correct some of this stuff, because higher education has been very impervious to market forces. Uh, for-profit education won't be. So that's another thing I think we can look forward to. Everything government touches yeah. gets infinitely more expensive and worse in quality. Yes. So look at health care. What you can you can draw the graph of the last thirty years of where government has injected itself and its money in. You can look at this. the graph is the same whether it's healthcare, Medicare, yeah. higher education. Okay, everything else in the world it's cheaper and cheaper to build and have a computer. Right. You know, you name it. The only places where the costs continue to go through the roof is where government is intimately involved in the funding. 
And on that uh, optimistic subject, next we get to talk about a lot of American government <laughs> in the next subject here. <laughs> American news in the 2010s and 2020s is up next, but I thank the panel for their contributions here as we've been talking about technology in these decades.